Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. You got your Bible this morning. Grab it open. Uh, we're, we're in a series in our church. We've kind of dedicated, if you're brand new today, I don't do this every week. We don't go. We're a pool that we like to say we have a shallow end and we have a deep end. Every great swimming pool has a shallow end and a deep end. And I believe God is, is, is there's areas in the body and in, in the church and the kingdom of God that are shallow, that you feel comfortable. You're like, I can touch. I don't swim, but I can touch. I'm not scared. And there's also areas in the body of Christ that are deep, that are deeper over your head. And I've learned that the things of God that are deep aren't scary if someone teaches you how to swim. And so today, our, you know, part of our church, our passion is to see people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. So we thought, well, man, maybe when the world is all talking about devils and goblins and demons and zombies and, and exorcisms in the month of October, let's dedicate the month of October to showing people in the world that Jesus can make you free. Let's dedicate the month of October to seeing non-believers and believers get free. If you missed the last few weeks, you can jump on our podcast. I talked about in John chapter 8 that Jesus was talking to believing Jews that you can be in bondage. And they said, we never been in bondage to anyone. And Jesus is like, uh, no, you've been in bondage to everyone. You've been in bondage to the Chaldeans, the Egyptians. You've been in bondage to uh, the Babylonians. You've been in bondage to, uh, how about right now, the uh, Romans. But that's what's crazy about when you're in bondage. Usually denial is strong. And when I say denial, I'm not talking about a river in Egypt. Are you with me? Denial. <laughs> Tough crowd. You guys ready to have a good time today? If you have your Bible, I'm going to read a little bit more than usual, but it's going to be really fun to read. Mark 5 is like your favorite roller coaster at Magic Mountain. It's, uh, it's going to go fast. It's like if the Thriller video had the guy from Goonies in it. That's pretty much what we're reading today. And I, I'm going to have fun. I think it's okay to uh, laugh. The Bible said laughter does good like medicine. So if you don't believe in having a sense of humor, you might not like today because we're going to laugh a little bit. Can I get an Amen. But um, I do want to be honest with you. I get paid to tell the truth. So I got to tell you up front that I do believe that the Spirit of God is in these tents. I believe some of you will feel it right when we, got, right we start reading the Bible. You, some of you will feel a gravitational pull in. You go, man, I think I need to leave right now. I need to get out of here. It's amazing that the darkness that resides in you is usually okay until you get in the presence of Jesus. And you're like, whoa, I think, man, I might need to go somewhere. I feel a little bit anxious or nervous or a little bit. That oftentimes, it's crazy that the stuff that's in us, and that's what we, we struggle with, and this is what the month of October has been about. We live in a society that celebrates struggles and labels things as weaknesses. I have a struggle. that We say it with all the time. The struggle's real. It's a real, it's not a fake struggle. It's a real struggle. I don't have a struggle. I have a weakness. Well, how long has this weakness been going on? 40 years. How long has this weakness been in your life? Every day. How much does it affect you? All the time. Then, friend, you don't have a weakness. You have what the Bible calls a bondage. And I can say it with a smile because, come on, we serve a God that breaks bondages. Amen? We don't have to die the way that we are born. You come into the world looking like your mom and your dad, but you die looking like the decisions you make about following Jesus. And so today, 
If we have our Bibles this morning, Mark chapter 5, one of my favorite uh, chapters in the Bible. Uh, Scholars all agree it's the best named book in the Bible. And for all my C friends out there, I want to bring your attention that it is Mark with a K. Can I get an amen? We'll keep going. That hurts for somebody. Mark chapter 5. You ready? Then uh, it says this. They came to the other side. Before I read this, let me pause. Real important. Real important. Before they come into a tomb, and I want to be... If, pay attention. This guy, I'm going to read about a guy that lived in a cemetery that uh, was naked, that was full of thousands of demons. This is in the New Testament. This is Jesus. And I want to tell you today that any pastor, any Bible teacher that makes you scared of things that Jesus wasn't scared of is doing you a disservice. If Jesus wasn't scared of it, we're not going to be scared of it. Can we agree on that? If Jesus taught it, we're going to teach it. And we're not going to get weird, because listen to me, I'm going to just lay this foundation. There are two people that, 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 that hell celebrates is the superstitious and the skeptic. Superstitious think the devil is everywhere all the time, and they think that, man, the devil's under every rock, and the skeptic thinks that the devil doesn't exist and demons don't exist. You know who the devil messes with? The superstitious and the skeptic. Are you with me today? All right, Mark chapter 5. So before they cross to the other side, notice this. They go through a crazy storm, and they almost die. Trained fishermen go, we're going to die. Our lives are in jeopardy. I was going to call this message Final Jeopardy, but I thought that wouldn't be appropriate. They cross over. They go through a life-threatening storm. Jesus gets up, tells the wind to shut up, and it listens. That's how powerful Jesus is. Watch your attention. Watch how powerful he is, though. So they cross over this life-threatening storm, and they came to the other side of the sea of the country of the the Gadarenes. And when they came out of the boat, it says in Luke chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8, but in Luke 8 it says the moment they set foot on the ground, it says a demon-possessed man came and met them there. I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring your attention to this idea that whenever you take new ground with God, usually you're met with some sort of attack. It is wild. We moved to Orange County. Certain things were okay. And then the moment we got our bait campus, it was like all hell broke loose. It was like every devil that could manifest manifested. I want to tell you this too also. Don't ever throw rocks at people that are serving God. You know one of the descriptions of Satanists? Is it, it says that you'll be called the accuser of the brethren. When you're throwing rocks at pastors and churches, you're doing the work of the devil. Yeah. Don't get into that. Scary place to be. So they came out immediately and they met him out of the tombs. Out of the what? He was living in the dead places. A man with an unclean spirit. Luke calls it what it is. He was demon possessed. Living and dwelling among the tombs. No one could bind him. Not even with medicine. Not even with therapy. Not even with, come on, psychiatric treatments. Not even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains were pulled apart by him. Shackles were broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame. No one could tame. He was wild. He was dangerous. He was untamable. Always night and day in the mountains. So he was in the tombs and he was in the high places. In the tombs. Crying out. Crying out. We live in a day and age. Maybe you don't live in the tombs, but we're crying out on social media. Crying out. Cutting himself. Cutting's been going on since the beginning. Some of you are cutters today. I believe that God is going to set you free. Crying out and cutting with stones. 
And when he saw Jesus from afar, when he saw Jesus from afar, the demon-possessed man, he ran and he worshiped him. Highlight that verse in your Bible. It's okay to uh, write in your Bible. If your Bible's dirty, your life's probably clean. The opposite is true. It says that he ran and he worshiped Jesus And with a loud voice, he cried out, what do I got to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Let me just, can I bring your attention to a couple thoughts here? Notice that the devil begged Jesus not to torment him. I am so tired of Hollywood making movies that are inaccurate. They always make movies like Jesus and pastors and priests are scared of devils. I don't see that anywhere in scripture. I see demons that were rent in space, come on, freaked out of their minds, begging. Please, please, Jesus, don't kick us out of the region. Jesus goes, what's your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. It's crazy. Dispensationalists try to take the supernatural out of the New Testament. They're like, well, maybe his name was ironically Legion. Maybe he didn't have demons. Maybe that was just his name. But the problem is he says, my name is Legion for we are many. Legion was a military term for 6,826 troops. This guy has a lot of darkness living in him. And he answered this, and a large herd of swine was there. And he begged him that not to send him out of the country. He want, they wanted to stay in that region. I have found that dark entities want to stay in regions. That's why you go into certain cities, and you're like, whoa, I'm in L.A., I can feel the oppression. You go into Orange County, it's a different atmosphere. You go into San Diego, every city has a sign darkness. And these demonic entities did not want to leave that region. Send us into the pigs, they said. They begged him. So Jesus sent him into the swine, and at once Jesus gave permission, and the unclean spirits entered the pigs. This is crazy, I know. Stay with me. There's about 2,000 of them. These pigs ran crazy down, which, again, if these demons can enter pigs, come on, how many know they can enter cats? Some of you thought, man, I had a cat one. Yeah. (laughs) Ran violently down into a steep place, drowned in the sea. That's too much. So those who fed the swine and those who told it to those, those who fed the swine, those who fed the swine, the pig feeders, they brought the report to everyone that was in that city, in that country. So they were like Joshua and Caleb telling the report to the rest of the city and the country. And when the people heard the report, they came out to see what happened. And when they came to Jesus, this is what's crazy. The city saw the one who had been demon possessed and had a legion sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, and in his right mind. I want to talk to you today about the power of being in your right mind. He's in his right mind. The story always gets me, and they were afraid. I always think about, man, society is so goofy because they get afraid when you should celebrate, and they celebrate when you should be afraid. Okay, what part of this crazy guy from Goonies with broken chains that was naked, now he's clothed in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus, now you're afraid? I mean, I had other opportunities to get scared. It wasn't today. But it says they were afraid. Let's keep reading. It tells us why. And those who saw what happened, the the pig feeders said, 
They said what had happened to him, the demon-possessed man, and about the swine. They told the report, the story. And they begin to plead with Jesus to depart from their region. This guy that was crazy gets free, and they pleaded, get out of our city. Crazy. And when they got into the boat, the demon-possessed man begged to go with him, that he might be with Jesus, but Jesus didn't let him. He said, go home. Go home to your friends. Tell them the great things that God has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. So he left. He went to Decapolis. That's 10. Deca means 10. He went to 10 cities. They were Greek cities. And he told them everywhere the great things and how God had compassion on him. And it says everyone that heard his story marveled. Read the next verse. Now Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side. Wait, 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 wait. You went through a life-threatening storm for one man to get free? That's how good God is. He'll do dangerous stuff to go after one person that's in trouble. Let's pray this morning. God, we love you. I thank you for the power that you give us to live with our right mind. I ask you today that your anointing would break every hex, every vex, every bondage. We thank you that no weapon formed against the church and this church shall prosper. We declare that we are blessed, that California is blessed, Orange County is blessed. And if Balaam tries to curse what God is blessed, it cannot happen. I pray this is the golden state. We are in the golden county. And I pray, Lord, that you would do something in Orange County that would shake America. Father, would you come in mighty power, signs, wonders? Would you do something in our day that we would not believe, even if you were to tell us? We love you. Have your way today. Bless the Lakers, maybe even the Chargers, in Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Amen. You ever, uh, you ever had these moments in life that you just feel like, man, I temporarily have uh, lost my mind? Oftentimes you know this because your mom, your grandma, your dad, your grandpa, they told you, have you lost your mind? Who's ever had an older person say that? Have you, wait, did you forget who you're talking to? You ever said something to your parents in the moment that you meant? But after you said it, you're like, I shouldn't have said that. Have you lost your mind? I feel like we live in a world that's lost its mind. I don't know, lately I've been watching the news, I'm reading the headlines, I'm like, am I living in a science fiction movie? Am I being punked? I keep waiting, since 2020, I've been waiting for Ashton Kutcher to show up. You just got punked, the whole world got punked. We're going to flatten the curve, no, we're punking you. Like, what, what's going on? Out of their minds. These, these laws, the stuff going on in our state, the cities, our regions, the, the country, it's like, well, that's... We're living in a world at times, it's like common sense just isn't as common as it used to be. How do we lose our mind? I don't know if you ever lost your mind before. I've lost my mind. I've had temporary moments of insanity. You have kids. Come on, parents. You have temporary moments of insanity. I heard one man say that no one tests your inner gangster more than a teenage daughter. That is the truth. I'm like, Kenzie, have you lost your mind? I don't know if you've ever had a moment when you're in your car that you kind of lost your mind. I, I lose it a little bit because I'm the only one in California that understands roundabouts. <laughs> feel blessed to have that revelation. <laughs> but I've noticed in California, unlike any other state, if you wait more than a millisecond on a green light and you don't accelerate, listen, this state is crazy. People don't give you appropriate honking. I feel like this state doesn't know how to honk. Can we get a good amen? 
Like, like, I'm fine. If you give me a courtesy honk, like, hey, you're taking a little bit too long. Let's, let's move it along. This, this is just a little, just enough noise to be heard. I'm like, hey, sorry. Hey, my bad. My bad. My, look, I'm wrong. You're right. Thank you for the courtesy. You're a gentleman and a scholar. But I don't get this state. People lost their minds. More people are losing their minds because they're not giving courtesy honks to move it. They're giving, you smacked my mom. Attacked my babies. Stole my money. That's the horn they're giving you. Millisecond at a light, and you're going to give me this? Ah! Have you lost your mind? I'm a pastor. But I have to remind myself those moments. I'm like, 10 and 2, Mark. 10 and 2. Hands where I can see them. Want to lay hands on somebody. Just boil your blood. Lost your mind. We live in a world that's lost its mind. You get hungry enough, you lose your mind. Parents with babies, you don't get enough sleep? Come on, you lose your mind. I remember being so tired with Chloe. She didn't sleep for like two years. Was so tired. I thought the guy in the corner of our room at night, I was literally plotting a plan of attacking this guy with my nightstand. He was in the corner watching Rochelle and I sleep. I was like, there's a killer in our room. I was trying to get Rochelle's attention. I am psyched out of my mind. There is someone watching us sleep. He's probably got a knife. And I literally jumped up, hit the lights on, grabbed my alarm clock. It was a Dyson vacuum. I was out of, come on, who's ever been out of their minds? I am not, come on, you weren't yourself when you're hungry. Come on, Snickers. It's crazy, you weren't yourself sometimes. We live in a world that's, I feel like, lost its mind. I feel like the things that we're pushing, the agendas, the, 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 the darkness, it's like what was done in secret before is parading in public. I'm just, I don't know about you. I feel like, come on, Popeye, like, I can't stand this anymore. I can't stand it anymore. I need some spinach. Go after some of this stuff. I'm so tired of the evil that's in our world parading in public spaces. And I'm telling you, the Bible's clear. You know why we're living in a world that we're living in that's lost its mind? It says in Proverbs 9, 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's say it backwards. If you take God out, wisdom leaves too. Trying to pull God out of our currency, trying to push God out of our classrooms, our, our, our countries, our politics, the separation of church and state. Again, reminder, that was not given to keep the church out of the state. It was written to keep the state out of the church. But the problem is, is we have religious institutions and we have colleges that are raising up people that are godless instructors, raising up our children, trying to push God to the margins. And listen to me, when God goes out, so does wisdom. Why is everybody moving to Texas and Florida? Because these are nations, or these are states. Well, Texas is a nation. You're from America? No, I'm from Texas. America. It's crazy. You know why people like Texas? Because it's a God-honoring state. But what happens is when godless people move to a godly place and they don't honor God, eventually it turns into what they left. The environment of our nation is a 
lack of wisdom, lost my mind because I pushed God out. People that know God are scared to stand for God. Those of us that have a voice aren't using it. Those of us that have legs aren't standing. Those of us that could rise aren't rising. And I'll tell you that when the church is quiet, godlessness can do whatever it wants. But I want to remind you today that there is a God in heaven that gives wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to his people. Do you believe that today? Say amen. And I believe that one of the reasons why Jesus died on the cross was to get people back into their right minds. Why would you preach on this today, preacher? Well, it's Halloween. It's a fun passage to preach out of. But uh, seriously, I was praying this week, and I feel like the Lord told me, he said, Mark, I want you to tell the people that, that I am the God that wants to put this land back in its right mind. You know, it's crazy. That one miracle in that region changed the region. One miracle. The whole city knew this guy is crazy. This guy is out of his mind. This guy is naked. Now you're like, Mark, I got some bondage in my life, but I've gone further. God can't reach me. He can reach this guy, that girl, this guy. But listen, I'm too far gone. Listen, if you're wearing pants today, you're doing better than our boy in Mark chapter 5. Are you with me? If you are dressed today, you have more hope than Mark chapter 5's man does. People say, Mark, what's the big deal about this story is, well, basically, they cross over for one guy. Now, Jesus has 12 disciples. They aren't the perfect 12. They are the dirty dozen. They are the original youth group. Scholars say John was somewhere between 13 and 16 years old, 15 years old. Peter was 20 to 30 years old, maybe 27 years old. This is a college and a high school youth group. Some were fishermen. They cross over a storm. They're freaked out of their minds. They thought they were going to die. And right when they want to celebrate we're alive, they pull up on the shores of a cemetery. Listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Jewish boy's worst nightmare. Okay, almost died in the ocean, the sea. Now I'm in an unclean cemetery. Not supposed to be here, Jesus. And right when they think it can't get any worse, they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't be around pigs. There's 2,000 pigs. Not supposed to be here, Jesus. And right when I think it can't get any worse, there is a naked dude from Goonies. Hey, you. Pulls up. This guy is, he's out. And the, these, these guys, Jesus' little disciples, his little lambs. These lambs are, this is the silence of the lambs. There is 21 verses that Mark says they didn't say anything. Read it. 12 of them are just like, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. Out of their minds, in the, in the, in the fetal position, sucking their thumbs. Jesus, we just want to go home. But Jesus didn't let them. Jesus takes them to an unclean place, a dangerous place, around things you're not supposed to be around for a person that is in such a deep state of bondage. He doesn't go by demon-possessed. He goes by legion. Out of his mind. I don't know why I felt, this, I felt this so strong this week. Some of you, you felt like you were out of your mind. You know you're out of your mind? There's some symptoms of being out of your mind. Number one, dead places are comfortable to be in. He lived in the tombs. You know that you're out of your mind because you can get around dead friends, dead environments, places that are sucking the life out of you, killing your spirit, killing your convictions, actually demolishing, living in a compromised state, and you feel like, man, I could sleep here. You know you're spiritually dead that when tombs are comfortable, 
You know you're spiritually dead when you're living in the mountaintops. What does that mean? Living high. Some of you, you're like, Mark, listen, dude, if you know what's going on, I am out of my mind. Because I can't live sober, and I can't stay out of the dead places. You're in dead relationships. you got dead friends. you got dead beliefs. You don't even like this church because this church is preaching too much truth this morning. You're like, no, 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 I like the dead churches with dead pastors preaching dead messages to dead people. This feels a little bit too lively today. Can pastors do this? You know, God told me about orange. Yeah, give God a hand clap. That's great. God told me when we moved here, he said, Mark, be bold. He said, this is Corinth. I have many people here. We are in L.A., it's been a lot harder to be this bold. San Diego, it's been a lot harder to be this bold. But I'll tell you that I believe that we are in the stronghold of California. This is the most godly county in the state. And I tell you today, if we don't stand and rise and get up in this window and say, as for me in my house, we're going to serve God. I don't care if it's politically correct. I don't care if everybody else is arguing, disagreeing, cowering, bowing. As for me, as for my house, I'm going to serve God. I'm telling you, too many people are scared of the darkness. Problem is, is nowhere in the Bible was there people that were scared of the darkness. Philip went to Samaria and literally preached the hell out of that region. People got miracles, signs, wonders, and they got healed. And the unclean spirits left. You keep looking at the Bible. You keep going. You look at Peter. His shadow healed people. His message liberated people. People that were unclean spirits, they got free. You keep reading. You look at like, uh, like, like, like Paul. It says unusual miracles that, his sh- that even uh, handkerchiefs from his body in, in Acts 16. It actually says that they healed sick bodies and those with evil spirits got free. Paul and Silas roll into Philippi. There's a little demon-possessed girl. She's a fortune teller. She's telling everybody, let me, let me read your palm. Let me read your palm. And Paul and Silas, not scared, annoyed. You know what the righteous do when they get around evil? They get annoyed by it. I'm annoyed that we have so many psychic booths around here, and everyone's like, they don't have a problem with psychic booths, but they have problems with churches that are prophetic. No, no, we don't care about the psychics. Here's the problem is Babylon is discipling the church instead of the church discipling Babylon. Are you hearing me today? We got to be a... Yeah, I, I feel like preaching a little bit this morning. Well, Mark, that was for yesterday. Why, why wasn't it in the Old Testament? No one had authority over demons until Jesus came. And no one had authority over demons other than Jesus until Jesus gave authority. Well, I don't believe in a theology of demons. Well, the problem is, is you have to cut and paste a bunch of the Bible. Here's another problem, Jethro. <clears throat> Sorry. Other problem is you have to let the Bible interpret the Bible. Well, if you start believing in that stuff, you're going to start dancing with snakes. Wrong. You don't dance with snakes. Here's what we know is when Jesus said in Mark chapter 16 that my, those who believe in my name, these signs will follow. You'll actually go, you'll preach the gospel, you'll lay hands on the sick, they will recover, you'll cast out demons, and if anything by any means, any snake, any poison affects you, you shake it up, it will not affect you. That was not an invitation to dance with rattlers, come on. By the way, what do you do? You always, check this out, you always let the Bible interpret the Bible. So what's true in Mark 16 is actually visible in the book of Acts. Why do you know? Because it says that the, uh, all of the apostles actually evicted demons, 
saw signs, wonders, and miracles. And in Acts 28, Paul was bitten by a snake. He wasn't dancing with it. He wasn't looking for it. He wasn't going to church with it. Come on. But he did get bit by it. And when he did, he just, ah. We let the Bible interpret the Bible. The problem is people are scared of what they don't understand. Well, I don't know. I went to a church and the pastor said you got to be scared of like darkness and demons and miracles and like all the power and the good stuff in the Bible that all left with Jesus and the early apostles. And, and uh, we just got to pray for to get raptured one day and we got to huddle and cuddle in Christian ghettos and believe that one day God's going to rescue us from the big bad world and the big bad devil. And we just got to huddle and cuddle until then. Here's the problem is that requires A, zero faith. Bible I read says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. A world without miracles is a world without faith. A world without freedom is a world without faith. This guy's out of his mind. He is de- Are you still with me today? He looks at Jesus. First thing I want you to note about darkness, number one, if you're taking notes, nothing can stop you from coming to Jesus. Mark 5, verse 6, it says when he saw him at a distance, he ran to Jesus and he worshiped him. Ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever a candidate throughout human history that should not have had authority to run to Jesus and worship Jesus, it was the man that had 6,800 demons living in him. But listen to me, if 6,800 demons could not stop him from running to Jesus, then there's not anything living inside of you that can stop you from coming and worshiping. Come on, if you believe it, give him a good hand clap and a shout. Can't stop that. Here's what we know about God. This is the gospel, is that God came for him. But notice that he had free will to come to God. He crossed the sea. He crossed a storm. On the cross, Jesus crossed the storm, crossed the sea, Gave up his life, but you and I still have free will to choose. Will I run to him to get free? He already went through the hard stuff. Your job is to choose him. But I do want you to write this down. Before you ever choose God, God already has chosen you. Many are called, few are chosen. No, no. Everyone is actually chosen. Just few respond. God wants everyone in these tents to know him. God wants everyone online to get free indeed. John 8 says you'll know the truth and the truth will make you. Why are so many people going to heaven but have the habits, lifestyles, and the behaviors of hell? Part of it is it's faulty teaching by faulty teachers saying you're just a sinner saved by grace. Yes, that's true. But the problem is, is Paul and Peter and others, they never greeted Christians as sinners to the the saints who were at Corinth to the saints that are in Ephesus, to the saints that are in Galatia. You know what God sees you as? Someone that's becoming more and more like Jesus. But what we've done is we've, we've reduced grace down to this deconstructive idea that all it has the power to do is forgive you when you screw up and not give you the power to rise above. Grace is not a band-aid we put on our wounds. It is literally, it's fuel that we put in our spirit. God's grace is sufficient. We rise out of bondage, out of darkness. It is the grace of God that elevates the people of God. Many people live in bondage their whole life. They don't realize this. No one can stop you from coming to Jesus. God loves you before you love him. No one can stop you. Listen, if you're wearing clothes, you're okay. 
you were naked, I could still make an argument. But if you're dressed today, I would tell you there is nothing too dark in you that God can't heal. Can you give me a hand clap? Just believe that God, nothing in me is beyond repair with you. Doesn't matter how sick I get, how cynical I get. Again, some of you, this is foreign. Some of you never heard a preacher talk about darkness before. And we're not scared of darkness. Paul wasn't scared of it. Silas wasn't scared of it. Peter wasn't scared of it. Philip wasn't scared of it. And certainly Jesus wasn't scared of it. And he said, oh, by the way, if you believe in me, these works you will do also. I've prayed for some of you. i prayed for kids in this church. I prayed, well, one family said, Mark, our daughter's been having these crazy nightmares and this attack in her, in her room. Listen, when someone tells you about something crazy in their room, we don't get scared. Really? Well, stay away from me. We don't do that. Listen to me. The people of God, they go in. They don't run out. The ones that run out believe in a Christianity that Hollywood has produced. I don't believe in that Christianity. That we're like some limping bride waiting to be rescued by their big husband one day. Please come, Jesus, and rescue us, your bride, because we have black eyes and a bloody nose, and this world is just beating us up. Bible I read says that he's coming back for a glorious bride. A bride that's glorious. Signs, wonders, power, glory on his bride. Many people have reduced Christianity down to this hospice that takes care of us until Jesus comes and rescues us. Not a hospice center. People are getting free here. I want you to write this down. Number three, the story teaches us today that you can be free indeed. Listen, if this guy can get free, anybody can get free. You're saying, yeah, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, which that's not just physically. That means literally, Luke says, or I think it was Matthew 8 says, he sat at the feet of Jesus. Only students of rabbis would sit at their feet. We don't understand it in our Western culture, but when it says in the New Testament, sitting at the feet of Jesus, it meant as a student. And rabbis were very picky at who they let sit at their feet. Rabbis would only let you sit at their feet if they believed that you had the grace to become like him. That's why when Martha was making peanut butter and jellies in the kitchen, and she ran out into the living room and said, how dare Mary sit at your feet? She's not mad that she's not cooking sandwiches. She's mad that as a woman, she thought she could learn what Jesus knew and become what Jesus was. Well, I don't believe in women in ministry. Well, the first preacher of the gospel was a woman. An ex-demon-possessed woman. Let's say this way, a woman with a past. You start offending religious people. Why would you defend things that people taught you that weren't right? Because it's comfortable. And that's the problem with freedom. Freedom will always disrupt your comfort. That's why most people stay in bondage. Most people don't like getting free because it will affect your, your comfort. Get out of our country, they said. Why would you ask the guy that just solved the city's problem? You know, the city couldn't control this guy. We medicated him. We, we've done everything. We give him counseling, therapy. We put him in the psych hospital. We've tried everything. We've done everything that we know. Modern medicine knows how to do. We have, ex- we have literally done anything and everything in our power, and we can't help this guy. And all of a sudden, this, this Jewish rabbi comes into your town, and they say, get out of our region. He's sitting clothed and in his right mind. And they're afraid. Why would the world be afraid of a guy that's in his right mind? 
It's because the world tolerates darkness with bondage more than Jesus with freedom. We live in a world, prince and power of the air. How do you know we live in a world with hell and heaven and hell? Light and darkness. Because this city is just like Orange County and every other city in America that we would rather tolerate darkness with bondage more than Jesus Christ being Lord with freedom. Because when Jesus shows up, it affects stuff. It affects stuff. You know what affected? It affected the pig feeders. The guys that were feeding the pigs, 2,000 pigs. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in the pig industry, that was a bad day in the stock market. 2,000 ran violently and drowned. They're like, whoa, crypto is down, 10 billion. This is a bad day to be in the pig business. Here's the issue, though, ladies and gentlemen. When the pigs ran down the steep bankment and drowned, they chose monetary, monetary wealth over spiritual freedom. That's why the region wanted them to leave. And by the way, who was the ones that kicked them out? It was the ones that gave the report. It was the, peed, the pig feeders. God gave me this revelation. I've never seen this before. You know who feeds pigs? Prodigals. Luke 15. He was feeding the pigs when he came to himself. I want to remind you that prodigal living is not a, it's not a lifestyle of wealth. This kid was rich before he left his father's home. Prodigal living is when you want to take what belongs to God and spend it on yourself. That is the definition of a prodigal. A prodigal is someone that wants the benefits of your father, but you want to leverage it for you alone. And it's crazy because it's, it's wild. When he showed up, he says, get out of the men. And they saw the darkness leave and go into the pigs. And these prodigals go, man, I lost my money. I, it's affecting my vocation. It's, it's affecting our pharmaceutical industry. We want to keep people in bondage. We want to keep them where they were, how they were. And we live in a world that still does this today. We would rather medicate you in your darkness than bring you to a church where you get free. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's true, isn't it? Yeah, you stay, we'll medicate you, we'll keep you, look, you keep addicted. Your friends are cool, you keep sniffing cocaine, you keep going to strip clubs, we're cool with that version of Mark, but the moment you start declaring Jesus, shut up and leave my friend group. Why are you afraid of this Mark? Because that Mark makes me uncomfortable. That Mark reminds me that there is a God that's real. That Mark, that Mark reminds me that God has authority to disrupt my comfort. They kicked him out because, listen, Jesus will disrupt your comfort. When he comes in, ladies and gentlemen, he'll, he'll disrupt your possessions. God has no problem with wealth, but he has a problem with wealth having you. And the only way to break the power of wealth is by living generous. Some of you don't want to acknowledge God because if he is real, you're like, well, I can't fully be me. Get out of my region, Jesus. Get out of my checkbook, Jesus. Get out of my family, Jesus. Big Pharma, why they... You think... Why aren't they giving cancer treatment for free? Why aren't they doing that? Why aren't they giving MS treatment for free? Why, why, are, why, are, we, why are we selective on what we help humanity with? This pastor's going to get in trouble after that. I don't care. God's got many people in Corinth here. God's got many people in Orange County here. I'm not against medicine, but I am against, I am against taking away people's freedom. Can I get an amen from that? 
whom the sun sets free is. I am pro-freedom. Pro-freedom. Why? Because God is pro-freedom. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the state. I don't know what's going to happen in the county, in the country. All I know is if Jesus stays on the throne of my life, whatever happens around me, I'll be a part of the solution. But I know that on the inside, I will live free. They thought that if they threw John in boiling oil, that they would, they would rob him of his liberty. But that guy was so free, he smiled on the oil. Threw some of them in the lion's dance, but they smiled like Daniel in the lion's dance. Daniel was too free to be consumed by lions. Some of you need to know this today. When God is with you and for you, when you're free, that fear, that negativity, that darkness that's trying to suffocate you, it no longer has authority over your life because whom the sun sets free is... Yeah. We live in a world that's so scared. Where are the bold Christians that say, I love God? I'm proud to be an American. Well, this country's not perfect. No country is. Well, this country has dark stuff in its history. Every country does. It's like you go into your kids and say, you know what, because, you know, Kenzie, Chloe, because you don't do everything that I like, I can't love anything about you. You've lost your mind. You don't let the little that you don't like stop you from loving what you do. Man, that's why we too much truth today on a Sunday morning. Liberty in us. Write this down. Liberty in us is always for others. You know why God crossed the sea with 12 scared Jewish boys to see one guy that was demon-possessed get free? Because, ladies and gentlemen, God knew that if that guy got free, he would unlock regions. What do you say? It's crazy. Remember the guy? He's like, please, I'm free now. I want to go with you. I want to be on your staff. I want to be your cameraman. I want to, I want to, I want to be the sound guy at the church. I want to work in your ministry, Jesus. And Jesus says, no. Go home. Go to your friends. Go to your sphere of influence. Tell them two things. How great God is and how he's had compassion on you. I want you to remember this today. All ministry stems out of reminding the world how good God has been to you, not how good you've been to God. This guy starts to go and he starts, he says, go home. I would tell you today, what good is it to become a billionaire if your kids don't love you? What good is it to be rich and famous and have a bankrupt spirit? What good is it if everybody that doesn't know you celebrates you, but those that live with you don't? We live in a county that, that applauds public awards, but we have families that are falling apart. Let me tell you today, he says what? Go home. You know, before you impact anybody else, my prayer is that the ones that have my last name would love Jesus. Go home and tell them first. You tell your home. You raise your kids. As for me, we're Francis. We serve God. We're Francis. We stand up. We're Francis. We're not scared. As for me, my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Well, I don't know if I can go to church. I don't agree with everything. I dare you to find a church you agree with everything in. I dare you. I dare you to find a spouse, a kid, a business partner that you're like, oh, everything's the same. We're the same. 
doesn't work like that. But you know, we do we have to celebrate the main things, which is this. God is a God that will set you free. And when he does, it's not for you, it's for others. How do you know? He went to Decapolis. Scholars would tell us that, listen, Greece in, in the Greek, Greek world was revolutionized by Jesus. And they traced the origins back to the very first official non-Jewish preacher. It was a guy that was formerly demon-possessed. Do you know who changed the minds of the brilliant Greeks? A man that was formerly demon-possessed with 6,800 devils. God used this man to seed the Greek world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One guy's freedom affected 10 cities. Those 10 cities affected the entire Greek nation. Don't tell me that your freedom stops with you. God wants you free because there's people groups that are unlocked. Regions that are unlocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to clap, give God a good clan clap today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Feel so strong this morning. You stand your feet. Feel so strong today. I love that vision that girl had. She said there was people, some of them had just one chain, some had two chains, but some were just full of chains. And I just want you to know, I don't do this every day, every week. I don't go in like this every Sunday. But I want to just, on Halloween, I know some of you don't use that word, you say harvest. You don't trick or treat, you trunk or treat. I know, I get it. I get it. But on this day, I want to just tell you that there is a God that has the power to evict darkness. No one in these tents, even online, is too much darkness in you to prevent you from coming to Jesus. I was worshiping first service, and I even saw a couple of you last night. You even have plans tonight to do some dark stuff. And God's actually changing your appetite in this moment. It's wild, man. I wonder what that guy had planned for that night that he didn't get around to doing. Because he had an encounter with Jesus by a by a, by a shore. I, I believe this morning is a Sunday. Some of you have been mess, mixing with, uh, you know, pentagrams and soothsaying and seances and Ouija boards and the occult. It fascinates you. I think that most human beings are fascinated with the supernatural because God made us to be supernatural. The problem is, is that when you give an appetite to eating a bunch of stuff that's not good for you, it ruins you. Hashtag McDonald's. Come on, somebody. It smelled good, it looked good, but it wasn't, okay? It wasn't. Some of you, you've been, you, you have, look, you have an appetite for the power of God. Orange County, it's crazy. Everywhere you go, psychics, all these stuff, all over Orange County. People have gotten everything monetarily, and they still fill this void in their soul. It's because you were made for a supernatural God. You can hear his voice. You can be set free from your darkness. And you don't have to die with the darkness you're currently living in. But it does require something of you. Will you surrender, like my friend Iman said, will you surrender and will you come to him and say, God, if you can't help, liberate my mind. I felt like today there's some of you that have mental conditions, schizophrenia, bipolar, some of you have these weird like mental disorders in your, in your head. You would define them as, I just have some weird stuff going on in my head. That's what you say. Not my words, your words. I feel like there's just weird things that I think, weird things that I feel. And I just, I want you to know today, I was praying this week, and God said, you watch how I touch the mind this week. We're going to leave this place in a right mind. Would you be a favor, Ocean's Church? Would you just put your hand on your head right now, Father? 
I ask in Jesus Christ's name. I command that anything in these tents that's not the Holy Spirit, any spirit that's not the Holy Spirit, we say in the name of Jesus to leave. We pray that God, you would heal, you would restore. I pray that you would evict darkness and you would invade with your light. I pray courage to come in today. I feel like we live in two years of the world stripping the church of courage. And I pray, Lord, today in Jesus Christ's name that, God, we would not bow to the heresies of our days, but I pray the orthodoxy that has sustained Christendom for the last 2,000 years, that, God, the, the, the standing, the faith, the perseverance, having done all, we're going to stand. I pray in Jesus' name that you would find us like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our God can, our God will deliver us. But even if he does not, we will not bow to the Babylonian mindsets of our region. I pray in Jesus' name that you would give us a spirit of faith. I pray, Lord, that right now, signs, wonders, miracles, and even darkness right now coming out. I command anything in, this, in these tents that's from hell, any demon in hell, I command you to come out quickly and quietly in Jesus' name. Put your hand on your heart right now. Would you pray this prayer with me all over oceans? Say, in Jesus' name. Say it like you mean it. In Jesus Christ's name. I declare I am the temple of the living God. Nothing can live in me. Nothing is welcome here other than the Spirit of God. I have the mind of Christ. I have the breastplate of righteousness. I have the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, the sword of the Spirit, and the shield of faith. I put on the helmet of salvation. No weapon formed against me. My family shall prosper. I am blessed, and what God blesses, hell can't curse. I am blessed in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray right now, Lord, for everyone, everyone, I feel it, everyone that has some sort of physical sickness that has been connected to some sort of spiritual bondage. It's not all sickness in the Bible that was like this, but there were several times in Scripture that the guy that was, the kid that was mute, that when Jesus bound the spirit of infirmity, he began to talk. And I pray today, Lord, for those that have, Lord, if it's Lyme's disease, autoimmune conditions, fertility issues, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, even ongoing perpetual migraine headaches. Some of you, you have like this, this, no one else in your family has it. The doctors have said, you're too young to have this problem. Some of it's weird. And I pray in Jesus Christ's name, we bind the spirit of infirmity and we release the spirit of Jesus Christ in this church today. And if you believe it, say amen. Give him a hand clap and a shout. Yeah. Listen, I don't do this every week. This would be by definition what I would call a little bit more of the deep end. If you invited your neighbor today, I apologize. But you know what the truth is? Even your neighbor that has never heard a message like this can feel the power that's in these tents. They'll tell you in the car afterwards, Man, I felt something. I'll never forget, I was in Boise, Idaho. My friend, where Matt's from. 
and I was preaching at our college service, one of the cheerleaders at Boise State invited these girls that live next door to her in the dorms, two young witches, to come to our church. They showed up, they were smoking in the parking lot, making fun of people as they walked into our building. They ended up coming in about halfway through the music, and the moment they got to their seats, they started crying. The cheerleader said, Mark, when you started speaking, they cried your entire message. All they wanted to do when the service was over was go home. They, I drove them there, so I drove them back to our, our, our dorms. And before they got out of my car, they both said the same thing. They said, we've never felt power like that before. I'm telling you right now, the cult's real, but you don't want to be a part of it because you're losers. Saying this are losers. Witches will lose. Warlocks will lose. We serve a king of all kings, a lord of all lords. Why are you Christian, Mark? Because I like to win. We serve a God that doesn't lose. And I just feel it right now. There's an authority in these tents. I pray in Jesus' name a power to heal sick bodies and a power to evict darkness. If you're here today, and there is a sickness in your body, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. You have a broken leg or a broken heart. If you have some sort of fertility issue, I just felt like the Lord said today, as we prayed for the darkness to leave, healing is gonna flood in. If you're here today and you need healing in your body, I want you to lift your hands. I'm not crazy, I promise, but I've seen God heal over and over and over again. Hands high, you need healing in your body, real high, it's okay. If someone has their hands up next to you, go ahead. Just put your hand on their shoulder. If there's someone next to you, has their hand up, put your hand on their shoulder. Mark 16, my believers, these signs will follow them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and when they do, those people will recover. So with their hands on them right now, pray this prayer, Ocean, say in Jesus' name, I pray in Jesus' name, you would heal, you would cure, you would resolve, you would answer, and today, would be the beginning of a season of healing, of, a, of an era of healing in their body. We speak blessing, we release healing by the power in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless them. Bless their mind, their soul, and their body in Jesus' name. Yeah. You believe that? Say amen. Would you give him 10 seconds? He's healing someone right now. I can feel it in the room. He's healing. Last thing we do, we're out of here. Last thing we do, you're here today. I saw three groups of people today when I was praying. I saw a group of people that have never believed in God. And it wasn't because you didn't want to. It's because you've never seen something real. And today, this is how you would define this service. You would say it was different, unusual, but it was real. And today, God would knock at the door of your heart. Maybe like my friend Matt, you weren't raised with parents that believed in Jesus. You weren't raised going to church. This is brand new for you. You say, Mark, listen, this is what you would say. If this is real, which I believe it is, I want to invite the God that you speak about into my life. If he can forgive me, if he can heal me, if he can redeem me, I want him to do that for me also. I want to pray for you. Second category of people, you, I saw you this week. You've, you've ran away from God, or you've been just on the fence. You've been at church sometimes on Sundays, but still in the club on Saturdays. 
still on in the addictions and the darkness. You're kind of one foot in, one foot out. Your church friends, you speak Christianese with, but your club friends, you, you, you talk like hell. And you say, I want to rededicate my life and I want to go all the way in. I'm tired of shallow end, one foot in the water, one foot out of the water Christianity. I need to go all the way in. I'm summonsing you back like a holy jury duty that today's the day that God is bringing you home all the way into the kingdom. Rededicating your life today. And the third one I saw, I saw, I saw people this week that you know that you know that Jesus is real. But you were raised maybe by witches or warlocks. You were raised in the occult. I saw it. You, you come to churches usually on this Sunday every year because you pray against pastors. You pray against churches. You were raised to fast against the kingdom of God. And you know that the darkness is real. You know the light is real. And you feel like you are handcuffed to that darkness. And I saw you this week. And I saw the power and the authority of Jesus. The same authority that ripped that legion out of darkness and into, the, into his right mind. I saw the love and the authority of God ripping some of you that are committed to darkness out of his kingdom of darkness today and into the kingdom of his marvelous light. When I said it a second ago, why would you serve a losing team? Something resonated in you. It just occurred to you, wait, maybe I am serving a loser. I want to announce today that Lucifer is a loser. The devil will be thrown into the lake of fire, probably by the wimpiest angel in God's army, because we serve a God that's mighty. And I saw some of you today making a choice. I'm done with fortune telling. I'm done. Simon the sorcerer, I'm done with that stuff. Bar Jesus, I'm done with this stuff. Yes, yeah, some of you, you made deals with darkness. I'm done with this stuff. Today's the day you get free. How about Halloween was the day I got saved? Yeah, yeah. Feel it. Watch. Watch. Three calls, three calls. Eyes closed. No one's looking. Holy moment. Watch. All three. All three. Never knew that God was real, but it's real. And if he is, I want to live for him. I'm out of time. Holy Spirit, speak right now. And that's you. First category. He's real. I want to know him. Hands up all over the tents right now. One, two, and three. Real high. He's real. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Real high. Real high. I'm not going to stay. Just stay there. Real high. I see three, four. Real high. Five. Yep. Real high. Six. Yep. 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 He's real. First time. Yeah. Six. Six hands. Okay. Hands down. Watch. 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 Second call. I know he's real, but I've been getting off track. I'm one foot in, one foot out. And I know that God is calling me to go all in. What's Ocean's Church like? We're a church that if you're tired of lukewarm Christianity and you want to go all the way in, this is where you're going to want to be. If you're like into the lukewarm Southern California Christian lifestyle that you go to church on Sunday but you enjoy everything else that hell has to offer, you won't like us long. You're either going to get free or you're going to leave. That's just fine. That was the response of Jesus' ministry too. You're here and you say, Mark, I'm done. One foot in, one foot out. I need to rededicate my life today. I need to go all in. I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, here we go. Two, all over the tents. High right now. Three, keep it up. Keep it up. Yep, yeah, real high. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, real high. Nine, 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 ten. Anybody else? Okay, cool. Hands down. And if you raise your hand, you don't have to do it again. Last one, though. I want you to close your eyes for this one. I want some privacy for this one. You know the occult's real because you've been raised around it your whole life. I'm not throwing rocks at anyone. Some of you are like, I can't respond to this right now. You can. There's freedom in this church. 
there's no judgment in this church. If you know the darkness is real, you've been a part of it for a while, and you say, Mark, if I can get free, if Jesus will have me, I will have him. Feel it. Eyes closed. I need everyone's eyes closed. It's a holy moment. If Jesus will have me, I will have him. You've been around dark stuff, and today's the day you get free. You start your relationship with Jesus. I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. There's a couple of you. One, two, right now, that's me. Three, real high. Real high. Thank you. Thank you. I see two hands. Awesome. Yeah. If you'll have me, I'll have you. And young lady in the back, I'm not going to embarrass you right now. But what you're feeling right now, that is the glorious power of Jesus. Yeah. You're wearing black right now. Listen, that's the glorious love of Jesus. I see him healing the scars on your wrist. And I see him healing the scars in your soul. And I declare in Jesus Christ's name that there is a future and a hope for you. I cancel every assignment that's on, that was dedicated on your life. Even as your parents dedicated you to certain dark causes, I declare in Jesus' name that today there is a bondage breaker that has a future and a hope for your life. In Jesus' mighty name, love of Jesus, baptize her. Spirit of Jesus, baptize her. Jesus' name, you will live and not die to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. Pray today you never be the same. Yeah, yeah, freedom. Yeah, freedom. My name. Put your hand on your heart. It's real. It's real. Would you pray this prayer with all of those that raised their hands? It's crazy. It doesn't matter where you start. We all say the same thing. Jesus, I believe. Come on, Ocean. Say it with those that raised their hands. Jesus, I believe. I wish it'd be like a melody and a chorus. Come on, a heavenly choir. Say it. Jesus, I believe. You are the Son of God. You are the Savior of the world. You are the Lamb of God. Today I offer myself to you. Be my Lord, my Savior, and the leader of my life. Fill me with your Spirit. Use me for your purpose. And love me the rest of my days. My life is surrendered. Jesus name come on if you love emotions come on we sing one last song before we leave come on if you love him would you worship him today freedom in this place freedom in this place freedom in this place
Father, we love you. I saw even right now as we close. I know I'm done. I'm over on time. I apologize. I know our church goes long, but I'd rather go to a church that's a little longer with God than a church that's an hour and five minutes with zero power. Hear me today as we close. Some of you have been cutting, and I want you to know today, God told me to tell you that if you'll tell someone today, Jesus set me free from cutting, you will never do it again the rest of your life. Someone has an eating disorder today, and if you would tell someone, Jesus is setting me free from this eating disorder, I'm telling you, God will heal you today. There's someone in here, you've been suicidal, manically depressed. If you would find someone and say, I have been suicidal, I have been super depressed, but Jesus is setting me free today. I feel like the Lord would say, according to your faith, Ocean's Church, let it be done for you. Come on, if you're grateful for God's freedom, would you give one more hand clap and a shout? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.